Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there. The Rewatchingtons, bomb in its full Ooh. and unadulterated cut, early drops of Cinephobe episodes, and so much more. You said the OG pod. Now, is it new or is it old? Mace, I'm glad you asked that. It is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old OG pod. Oh. So it's me, Zach, Trey, Waz, Tom. I love those guys. Just like we always were. Going back to the True Hoop days, mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic, recapturing it, and putting it back out. We're talking hoops. We're talking pop culture. And most importantly, we're talking for 40 minutes for free. Mm-hmm. But then another specific Patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes. Funny enough about that OG pod, you're getting Tom and Trey on Mondays. You're getting me and Waz, aka Zosny, on Wednesdays. Amin's floating in between. I'm a floater. You never know when you're going to get Amin in those, so you got to listen to them all. And what if I'm not sure what Maze looks like? Because I've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora. He's got a weird voice. How can I see for myself what this Maze character actually looks like? It's crazy you don't know the answer to this. Hmm. because it's the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. What? The CT5s on the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. You can look at all of us. You can get all the OG pods on YouTube too at CountTheDings1 on YouTube, at Cinephobe Pod on YouTube, patreon.com slash CountTheDings gets you everything all in one feed. You can link it to your Spotify. And now enjoy the show. Hey, listener. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play pick them, pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players, build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick Pick'em special must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another fun-filled edition of Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name is Amino Hassan, joined by Black Trey, John Gervais. We got a special guest today, man. Anytime we get someone legitimate, anytime we get someone credentials, I ask everybody, you'll be on your best behavior. Let's come up with some smart questions. Let's keep the conversation really upgraded because we got the one, the only Trayvon Freon with us. What's up, Trayvon? What's going on, guys? Not a damn thing, man. Well, we got a, a, a packed episode today. We're going to talk, obviously, Thanksgiving, Black Thanksgivings. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a, a debate that Black Trey is having with some trash human beings about what is the best pizza. Apparently, some people voted Domino's <laughs> as an actual <laughs> pizza type. Uh, but we're going to start uh, with Trayvon, obviously, uh I want to get to one of my favorite shows of the year uh, that you uh, played a part in bringing to us, which is Black Monday starring Don Cheeto and Regina Hall. But before we do that, we're going to start with Watchmen talk. Because God <laughs> damn it, if this last episode of Watchmen didn't fuck my head up every single which way. Is everybody caught up, first of all, before, before I, I get into this? This is spoiler-rich oh, yeah. content that we're about to do right here. Yeah, I peeped. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Jerv. Jerv, I don't like the disappointment, man. We're gonna have to probably switch you off, bro. Oh, hold on. I want to, I want because here's the thing. Everyone I know who watches the show loves it. Like loves it. Jerv, you're the only person who's been kind of on this on this fence as far as uh what you think about this show. So what's the deal, man? Talk to me. I don't know. I don't it's just not catching my attention. Like I guess because every single person I'm seeing the episode probably on Monday or Tuesday, so I'm seeing people talk about it, not knowing what's happening. People are hyping it up for me, so I'm expecting these wild things. And I, I don't know, maybe you didn't I, think that episode was wild. I mean, it was wild, <laughs> but it wasn't like holy Jesus. shit. It was, it was what, cool. What, what cool. do you want? What do you What do you need? You need ghosts to come out and shoot somebody to make it wilder? <laughs> I told you, man. I, I think I think I need some drugs. I think I need some killing, <laughs> like with guns. I told she you, bought, I, I, I the she popped the whole tube of, of drugs. What you want, man? She took all the pills. Yes, but those are weird drugs. <laughs> like, I don't see people doing that type. So I need real things, man. You ain't hitting the blood. You ain't hitting the blood, blood with the nostalgia. Nah, nah, not shenanigans. That's a sick blood, man. Yeah. To hit the nostalgia, bro. No, I'm cool on the shenanigans. So, so Trevon, one of, one of the things we, we talked about on this show is uh, I, I didn't read the Watchmen comic book uh, or the graphic novel right. or whatever. And so I was staggered, I guess, by how black this show is. Um, and and as, it, as it has been explained to me, the, the graphic novel wasn't black like this. The graphic novel took place in the 80s. 
and this is this show is supposed to be like a continuation of what happened in a graphic novel 30 years later but um I, I, do you are you more familiar with Watchmen? could you explain this to me what how or why this show is as black as it is yeah so the the storyline that damon lindelof created for the series is kind of his own interpretation of his own version of the world right so he took Watchmen, and it's not so much a continuation of the comic book so much as it's he created, he took the rules of the comic book, the rules of that world, the characters in that world, and then told his own story, right? So you're not going to find anything necessarily related to the Tulsa riots or anything like that in the comic books, but what you will find are a lot of these same characters. And so Damon, who himself, when he discovered the story of the Tulsa riots way later in life than, than people should, he decided that would be a good launching point for his version of the series. So he took that story and just used it to create the series that you see today. So like that episode from last, uh, this past Sunday is kind of like the episode is like the, the all encompassing going back, taking the nostalgia pills, going back and seeing what, uh, all the stuff he saw after he was saved from the Tulsa riots uh, Luke Gothard Jr.'s character. And so I, I love it. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great way to tell the story, a great way to use the comic book world to tell a story that a lot of people don't know about. And if you looked at Twitter the day the season premiered, all you saw were people saying, I never knew this was a real thing. That's and like, crazy. that's the best you can television to me. When you can like take any type of art, whether it's cinema or TV, and actually teach people stuff they didn't know while also entertaining them. So now you have a whole swath of white people who, if you know HBO's audience, is primarily white, uh, white dudes in their 40s. Um, they now know what the Tulsa riots are. And a lot of people are talking about something for a while people deny. Like it wasn't even. I don't even think it was taught in schools in, in Oklahoma until like five years ago. And so, I, well, so I guess I, that big. Yeah. yeah. I, no, it, uh, the question I have is, is, I mean, I don't think this ever happens in popular or mainstream uh, TV and movies where you have something that, I, oh, maybe I maybe I stand correct on this, but but a piece of very uniquely black history that apparently, as as we all found out, a bunch of white people didn't know even happened, and it's and it's presented as kind of a a central driving force for the story. Again, right. a very mainstream story, right? This, this right. is not a they, technically this is not a black show, uh, right? But but it, it you know it. It, 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 I guess, uh, like, do, do can you think of any other examples of movies or TV shows where something like this has happened, where they take a bl a very black theme and make it and and make it well, not you know, not ham-handedly or or slapstick? I can't think of an instance where a prominent white writer, producer like Damon, someone who if you don't know created Lost, created the Leftovers, um, has taking it upon themselves to use their platform to tell 
a uniquely black story like this. I, I can't think of an instance where that's happened. And to do it on a platform like HBO, I think probably, if anything, most white writers or creators are actually like afraid to even get close to that material. And what Damon did was surround himself with some very talented black writers, people like Cool Jefferson, who co-wrote that episode this past uh, week with him, and people like Jenny Neighbors, who also was a writer on the show, uh, really, really smart, talented black writers to help him tell what is essentially a Trojan horse black story, if you think about it. I mean, the central theme of the, of the show, the central story of the show is white people are mad because black people get reparations for the Tulsa riots. <laughs> I mean, like, that's essentially what you're watching. And what's interesting, too, is you have the, the white supremacist characters being filtered through the lens of Rorschach, who was one of the original Watchmen characters, and a lot, a lot of white people... Uh, particularly young white men were very upset about Rorschach being portrayed as this uh, filter for white supremacy. And in actuality, if you know anything about the comic book, Rorschach was one of the was racist, misogynist, homophobic, all the things that, if this world continued from Watchmen, would create those type of people. You know what I mean? In the same way, they white supremacists now use people like Hitler and the people associated with him as idols for their belief system it's completely within the logic of the universe that in a modern world, post-Warshack, that these guys would do the same thing. And so to me, it's just, it's just great creative storytelling on Damon's part to even think of something like this from a comic book where it included nothing close to it. What, uh, what have been your experiences? Obviously, you know, you've been a writer on not only The Daily Show and uh, Samantha Bee's show on TBS, but also on scripted shows on, on HBO, now Showtime. What have been your experiences as far as trying to inject black storylines or, 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 or kind of black-centric, uh, you know, topics into a mainstream vehicle? Well, the beauty of Black Monday was, like, having someone like Don Cheadle Regina Hall as your lead characters, you you can't help but do it because one, they demand it as creatives, not like they say, give me this, but they demand it because they're talented enough and smart enough to tell stories involved that subject matter. Granted, it's a show about uh, Wall Street and, and finances, um, but you still are talking about black characters. And so they live uniquely black lives in the 1980s and you can't do that injustice. You have to tell that story correctly. You have to show the racism. You have to basically do what that story requires of you. And that requires, if you're going to have black leads, they have to have black experiences. And so David Cass and Jordan Canyon, who ran that show, and still run that show now, they were very, very open about making sure the stories were realistic and making sure that the characters weren't just whitewashed black characters. And we had one, two, three, four black writers, eight writers in that room. So they definitely made it a point to make sure the show was what it was supposed to be in terms of not stifling blackness and black creativity. Trey, uh, congratulations again. Um, 
to pivot back to Watchmen, uh, did you expect in this past episode the plot twist? Because, like, I was literally in a group chat texting, and, you know, um, it was it was one thing, the sex scene, and then it also it was heavy violence, right? And right. while we're going through all this, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on pretty much at this point? And right. but I'm really like drawn in because obviously I'm learning stuff. But then also it, it gave me that kind of Django twist where a black person is actually being able to shoot white people, shoot white people. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's, cause that's kind of rare, bro. Like we, we normally right. getting kind of, kind of finessed in most of the movies, but then also right. to add the comic book aspect of, Oh, this, projector is controlling black people and telling and brainwashing them and tell them to, you know, harm each other and that white people are perfect and, you know, respect white people. <laughs> it was interesting. You know what I mean? But like, it really threw me off as his character being, you know, like I really gasped now in a situation of him blowing, blowing my man back out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I did not see coming. I mean, I know <laughs> They they have been teasing that American Hero Story show throughout the whole series, and I was kind of wondering where that was going, when that was going to come to a head and connect itself to the actual show. And I remember thinking <clears throat> at the beginning of, that, of episode six, when Cheyenne Jackson's being interrogated in the actual like fake show, and he has the, the noose around his neck, and he asks him, what, why do you wear the noose? I kind of started to put the pieces together. I didn't know where it was going, but I, I figured this was going to be based on like a black vigilante character of some sort. Because this doesn't make any sense for a white man to wear a noose right. if he's not out terrorizing black people, you know what I mean? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I was like, there's got to be some spin on this. And it was a, it was, it was a good spin. And I, I, I was glad I didn't beg Damon to tell me what the plot of his episode was or the, or the backstory of his episode because I was definitely trying to get stuff out of him. But it was, I mean, I thought it was brilliant in the way you get to see him. What was also, what's great is you know he doesn't die when he's fighting these white people because he's alive in the present, you know what I mean? So you don't have that fear of like, oh man, at some point one of these clan members are going to kill this dude or one of these racist white dudes are going to kill him. And so it's kind of fun to just kind of go along for the story without having that anxiety while you're watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of that coming and I, I very much enjoyed watching it and it was, it was such an incredible direction. Um, I mean, I guess we're already spoiling it, but I mean like the scene when he jumps through the window and then uh, get that kind of matrix 360 freeze yeah. frame. Uh, like it's, 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 it's the show has been directed incredibly the whole season. Um, and so this is just a continuation of that. And I've been being told that episode six is going to be the best episode since I went to the premiere well, in October. And they did, they were not lying. Episode six really fucking brought the heat. It's, it, that's, yeah, I didn't. That's, no, I was going right? to say that, that was the, the, the directing was crazy. The whole, every time, you know, it, it would be, you know, uh, Hooded Justice and then look in the mirror and turn around and, and it's it's uh, Regina King and then going back and forth. Right. And, and even that, that scene you're talking about where you see the eyes through the mask and it's her eyes. 
And she's saying, right. blink if you can hear me. And she blinks mad, awkward, like someone right. just paralyzed <laughs> or whatever. That's crazy. I, I'll be honest, by the way, Trey, I, I, I said instantly after I watched this episode, do we know anybody gay who will come on the show? Because I, like, I, <laughs> so I had so many questions about, uh, well, first of all, just how Hooded Justice got hoodwinked in that whole in that whole thing and right. i didn't know if i if i was reading too much into it but i felt like it was kind of like a metaphor for how uh white gay people will use black gay people for the cause but not necessarily absolutely. to better them but absolutely. just to better themselves absolutely i think that's a that's a perfect uh extraction from that uh that storyline i think it, i think it goes beyond sexuality it's how Sometimes white people use black people within the movement and will not like come to your rescue when you really need it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think it's a perfect parallel. When, when your man said, when your man, when they were having the press conference and he was like, Hey, there's something happening that your man cut him off and said, actually it's Dr. Mysterio and he's trying to destroy the <laughs> sun. I was like, yeah, I would have been so tight like that. Like what? Yeah, he was. He, he felt like he was like, damn, this is all I'm. You know, you you asking me to pull off and drop something off on you, but you don't want you don't want to help me off. Then he hit the right. phone booth and called him like, yo, I got a uh, tip. Like, bro, like it's really going down right now. And he's like, nah. But if you really want to come over, you know, come over. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's that's. I think that's exactly how it is, man. It's like. I I can't I can't do what you want me to do. I can't adjust what I think is right for what you want to do. But I also like when you think about the history of of white people and white men in particular in relation to black the black body, the black male body, they've only ever used us in that regard. You know what I mean? Like this is just a different incarnation of watching the same thing happen, except it's sexualized. Which it was during slavery at the same time. It wasn't it's not talked about nearly as much, but white slave owners, especially gay white male slave owners, closeted white male slave owners were fucking slaves all the time. But that's a story nobody uh, nobody likes to talk about. Yeah. Um, going out, looking uh, bigger picture, I got questions. This is open to anybody who want to answer this. All right. So we know how Put it just to slash Lou Gossett Jr. figured out, uh, you know, the, the the names of people who were involved and, and and everything. How did he know that the police chief had a Klan robe in his closet? Like that that's my thing. Like how how do you know? Does you know, it's wanna... interesting. I I think I don't know exactly how he knows unless he knows. Uh, you know, he's connected to a lot of those like people who have various abilities and shit. <laughs> but I also think it could be something that's foreshadowing something we don't know about, like what he actually knows or who he actually might be. Yeah, somebody I, I else think I think personally, it's gonna as more as the episodes unfold and we get kind of a little bit more information and and uh, you know. Um, Regina King's character gets to talk to grandpa actually. And right. he's going to probably elaborate a little bit more on the Cyclops and, you know, their right. movement and, and et cetera. And why this long line of history, because obviously she gets to see it from her own eyes. Now seeing how, uh, the police chief hung himself and all this, 
it'll definitely explain like, well, your daddy is this person to me. You know what I mean? Or, you know, right. et cetera. I and, think, and, I, I, well, see, that's what I've, I figured. I figured there was something where like he knew the police chief's name because he says, remember, like when they're under the tree, he says, that was my, my grandfather's uh, robe and it's my legacy or whatever. So I figured he probably put two and two together based off the name. But I was, like, how do you know he has a robe in his closet, though? Like, that's, that's it's one thing to say, yo, your, your grandfather was in the Klan. It's another thing right. to know. And by the way, you got that shit in your closet right now. That's, that's, that's quite the leap. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. Shit, I'm who knows? Uh, what's, what's her name? Lady what? Lady True. Lady True. Lady True yeah. got so much technology, bro. She probably got cameras in everybody's crib. And that's his homie. So, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he ain't got no crazy special powers. At first, I thought he had some crazy, like some special powers. But it's just that that brainwashing thing that he got. The, it's the same light from when he stole that can- stole the projector. If you ain't peep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is a, yeah. Yeah, that is the he just modern. He just modernized it. Like, look, I'm gonna, you know, use it for the same thing as a flashlight. So whatever lens that he took off, he's using that now just to control whoever kind of gets that in their in their face. They become like hypnotized or whatever follows suit. You know what I mean? Because that's how he kind of got him. Yeah, but he's still like there's still when he was chained up in the in the restaurant or the bakery. Remember that first time he was chained up, and then he he had moved and got something and got it back. But he was still chained up when she walked in. So how'd you get that? And then he said, "Oh, I just oh yeah, got, he got. I, a, I think he got a. He laid a cigarette, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He laid it on the on the stove. If I recall correctly. And she and she said, "Yeah." He says, "Oh, I just got up and walked over there." He said, "Why don't you get up and walk your ass over and get your pills then?" Because he's asking her for the pills. So I this right. this show, man. I, I'm like the first four episodes. I was sitting there thinking to myself. Every episode I watch, they're giving me more and more questions and less answers. And I'm not complaining, but I'm also wondering when we're going to get some answers. In the last two episodes, man, between between my man looking glass, figuring out his entire life was a lie, and then figuring out that Hooded Justice wasn't just a TV show on the on the show; it was actually based on real events with a real with a real guy with a, a real person who was out there doing this stuff. Uh, but I, I found it interesting in the TV show, the fictional storyline that was put out by Captain Metropolis is, is the basis, right? Like in the TV show, American, whatever, what's, the, what's the name of the show? American American Hero Story. American Hero Story. Captain Metropolis and Hooded Justice do fight crime together and are best friends and also uh, lovers and all that stuff. And in reality, it's like, no, that dude was just an asshole. <laughs> and, and my man was, was out here doing the right thing on his own. Well, I can, I can tell you uh, firsthand without, I do know some spoilers going forward that Oof. Uh, were revealed to me only because I asked. Um, but yeah, uh, you do have the right sense about it. There are a lot of questions and they will most certainly be answered in the next uh, couple episodes and expect to see your boy Dr. Manhattan soon. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, man. Whether it's a knee injury, a back injury, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it. 
The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Can you even believe that? Something that important? Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for erectile dysfunction online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can get where you can chat with a licensed U.S. physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com BOM, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides that it would be safe and appropriate, they'll shift the genuine medication right to your door in discreet, unmarked Mark packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really simple. So take care of it, man. Seriously, your lady's going to appreciate this. Or your guy, you know. Who knows? <laughs> For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. For a free online visit, GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Let, let me ask you something, because you know Damon, right? I do. All right. So, one of Lost was one of the most popular shows on network television. And then the way it ended, a lot of people were very disappointed. It felt like there were a lot of questions that weren't answered. A lot of it was kind of yeah. left up to your own interpretation. And there was a negative backlash towards basically how that show uh, winded up. Is that something that he's like, hey, man, that was the art that I put out there and the hell with y'all or is it something he carries with himself like man i wish i had done that differently or i didn't expect that kind of backlash to happen no i mean i think he i think he's very content with how the loss ended and i mean lost when you think about it lost transforms tv in a way where it made tv writers famous and that was never a thing before lost like uh, damon and jj i think were the first TV writers to do a late night talk show, like sitting on the couch, talking to the host. Like it, it, it was such a phenomenon. It was like one of the first big shows of social media where the audience could actually talk back to in real time, the creators of the show. And they actually had a sense of what people were thinking about their show for the first time. Like before lost, like Twitter came out around the same time. And that was the beginning of the, Everyone knows exactly what they what you think or what they think about your show. So literally, why was still happening? And so that created an era of people who sorry, like, like <laughs> they come um, to get you. <laughs> uh, but that 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 changed the way we as writers have to start thinking about TV, where you do listen to what people are saying, but you don't necessarily take it and write your show and bend it to the wheel of every single thought that every person has about how your show should be written because at the end of the day, it's your creation, it's your thing, and you have to make it the way you see fit. But you can also sometimes get some great criticism and great thoughts or feedback from people who are really big fans of something you thought of, like probably on your couch somewhere. I guess my thing is not necessarily kind of fan service or bending your your creation to kind of the, the will of the people, but is there any part of him that regrets, like, it just it didn't come out the way he thought it would come out? 
in that sense. I don't think so. Or is, yeah. How often does that have for, for you as a writer? Will you write something and your, your intention and your your kind of your motivation of time is one thing, and then when you actually see it play out on the screen, it's like, ah, it wasn't quite what I, what I had in mind. Well, I mean, for me, because, like, I just started producing shows, like, last year at the level where I can kind of control what's on the page. But the last two shows, like Black Monday, I had no control over what actually ended up on screen. Because of the end of the day, I'm not the showrunner. But um, I have influence. I have a say. But at the end of the day, I don't get to plan a decision. Whereas shows that I have coming out next year and things that I'm working on, I do have all the say, and I do get to make every creative decision in terms of what people end up seeing on the screen. And so I've not really had a lot of people telling me one thing, and then I end up having to make something that ends up being something I don't necessarily want it to be. But in the script form, I have gone through development processes where you sell a thing and you're writing a thing a certain way, and you sold it based on a certain idea, and then by the time you're getting ready to actually like get closer to producing it, it stop, it's no longer looking like the thing you wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Like it's no longer, right. it doesn't have the essence of what you, what you, what made you excited and what you sold. And you have to take a step back and think about, is this something I want to do? Is this something I want to put my name on? Is this something I'm comfortable with people not liking and then having to eat the fact that it wasn't what I wanted them to see in the first place? And is that, that ever happened? Is that ever uh, happened? Like, don't, put, don't put my name on that because it's changed so much from, from whatever idea that you have. Not, not something that was produced, but there have been times where I've been developing and sold things and we got to a point where it's no longer what, it, what I wanted it to be and I had to walk away from it. And um, from big networks, and that's, like, that's a hard thing to do because there's so much money involved and you don't know that it's going to end up somewhere else. And that could be the end of the life of that idea of that show, depending on how much ownership the people who you were developing it with has. And so you just, you're taking chances, but you, at the end of the day, I think you have to take more pride in your ideas and your creativity than you do in like, well, I got paid for whether people like it or not, you know, you just have a little bit of creative integrity. All right. So moving specifically to black Monday, you're one of the writers on that. Uh, how did, first of all, how did you get, get in on, on that project? Um, I was, last year I was finishing up uh, the limited series on HBO called Camping. And like, I think within our last like week or two, um, I got a call about meeting with David and Jordan about Black Monday. And so they, I went to Sony, they, they showed me the pilot and then I had uh, a meeting with them and I think they hired me like a week later. And uh, I don't know how I got on their radar. I mean, probably the same way with everybody. Like once you just start working and people like know what you what do about? and are liking what, yeah, like what you're doing. Yeah. When people are starting looking at people, your name comes up. And so my name comes up a lot in those, in those circles, in those ways. And I guess that was kind of what happened there. And so, I ended up getting to um, to be in that room on season one, and Yasser Lester is in there, who was also on the show. Yeah, um, was also a writer on the show, and was also a good, like a good friend of mine. And we um, 
we had a really, really great time. It was so much fun. I was actually sad I couldn't go back to season two because right before they announced it, uh, I got hired to work on Showtime, the drama about the Lakers on HBO. Right. And so um, I had to leave season two of Black Monday kind of on the table. Um, but I mean, I, it was for um, a, a great project in Showtime. Yeah, no, I, that's 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 got to be like as an LA guy, probably grew up. Yeah, she was like a fan, and the opportunity to do Absolutely. that. I mean, Don't get him started, pass. man. A, <laughs> were you a, Trey? You were a Shaq guy, right? I was. Yeah, I remember, bro. I yeah. didn't even talk to you, bro, a lot of times on the basketball court because of that. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to understand. Glory days. That was, yeah, man, y'all, y'all used to piss me off with that purple and yellow all through high school. And that's the thing, I mean, the Lakers were good my entire high school time. I was in high school. Yeah. Like, and you, and you, and you hung on to being a Bulls fan. No, nah, I wouldn't. I just nothing. I didn't say nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was strictly the kid. I was in the and one by then. Like I was like, no, you were one yeah, of those out. kids. Yeah, I was out. <laughs> Like, who's your favorite player? Ali Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's a rest in peace, Ali Mo. Man, it's uh, crazy. Right. <laughs> oh man! All right, I no, mean, what it, else we got, bro. Okay, all right. So uh, we got we got Thanksgiving. We got the great pizza debate, which isn't really a debate. So I'm gonna leave it. Flip a coin on that one, Trey. What do you want to go with? Let's just go Thanksgiving because I mean, pizza talk it, it's really irrelevant. You know, everybody's opinions gonna vary differently. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I actually no. think Domino's makes a pretty, pretty good pizza. No, no, oh, no, no. Here's the thing. If you tell me to pick between, here's the thing, Jerv. If you tell me to pick between Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut, okay, you can pick whatever one you want. That's fine. But when people are talking about what's better pizza, New York pizza or Chicago pizza, and then someone comes in, well, I really like Domino's. Shut your country ass up. Get the fuck out of here, man. Domino's? <laughs> yeah, you like, bet. It's like saying, no. it's like saying hell for that. Oh, for real, Super Bama, man! Like, yeah, like nah, it's, it, it's like it's like some if people are having a debate about like where's the best Mexican food. Some people see San Diego. Some people say like in Texas or whatever. And then somebody comes up. I like Chipotle. <laughs> like you can't. You can't come in that conversation now too. By the way, that's what they sound like. I want them. Like, if you sitting there at home saying, "I actually think Domino's is the best pizza out there," or Papa John's or whatever. You sound like the voice I just gave you. Like a, you like, like a eating cardboard. That's what you like eating. I mean, <laughs> <At> that, <laughs> you like fucking panning <laughs> for gold and shit <laughs> like, with one tooth. Talking about how negative. I got this pizza. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's producer Rob here, just cutting in real quick to tell you all a bit about Audible. It's the time of year when everyone is traveling or running around, getting thoughtful gifts for the people you care about. How about you think about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership this holiday season? Now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. 53%, that's more than half, just in case you didn't know. Uh, Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. You can also pop in and get something like Raw, My Journey to the Wu-Tang Clan by Lamont U. God Hawkins. Uh, you can also pop in and grab My Voice, the Angie Martinez memoir. Um, how about the Made in America Jay-Z story by Michael Eric Dyson, uh, following the work in times of Jay-Z, of course, some may consider the best rapper alive. 
You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. You can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere off the Audible app. It's great while commuting, at the gym, or during your holiday travels. With Audible, you also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges and your own audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half the regular price. Give yourself the gift of listening. For more, go to audible.com slash bomb, B-O-M. That's audible.com slash bomb, B-O-M. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash bomb or text B-O-M to 500-500. That's bomb when you go to audible.com slash bomb or text B-O-M to 500-500. Oh man! All right, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. This is do's, the time of year. Do's and don'ts, man. Let's help some people out with bringing their significant other home for the first time. Love. Oh, you, you better be. You either better be serious about this one, or you don't give a fuck. <laughs> there is no in between. That's like you have that's to. So funny because com- yesterday. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny because yesterday I was at dinner, and my grandma called me while I was having dinner. She's like, uh are you bringing your girlfriend to Thanksgiving? And she's sitting across from me and I hadn't necessarily had the conversation with her yet. And uh, I was like, uh, yeah, she's coming with me to Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's my grandma. Like pointing to the phone. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, that's how we had the conversation. Now she's coming home for Thanksgiving. Wh- so. Wait, when were you planning on popping the question if you, if not, for the phone call from grandma. Well, see, the thing was, she originally told me she was going to her mom's house for Thanksgiving and her mom lives in Irvine. And so we were just like, oh, we're just going to have separate plans, which is fine. Like I'm going to like two different houses and then calling in a day. And she was like, well, I can also go with you if you want because her aunt's house is close to my grandma's house. And I was like, yeah, like, cool, we can do that. Like, I don't, it's, it's serious enough that I don't have a problem being like, you know, bringing a person home. And, but you do got to like, you got to know that it's like, it's serious because you can't be having like a new person every family holiday or it gets real, it gets real questionable and embarrassing <laughs> when three Thanksgiving and Christmas in a row, you've had six different people. <laughs> Well, again, it's it's not bad until here's the thing. It's not bad if you don't care. If you're just like, look, this is what I'm doing. That's true. This is this is who I'm doing. And if she gets this mad, who I am, <laughs> or, or, or if he gets mad about like what I what I've put on, you know, what I, you know, some of the things that have been said, then you, if you're just cool, like yeah, like get another one next time, then that's fine. Until you bring someone serious, though. Because, another thing, right? Another it, thing, a, man. Don't bring no vegans or vegetarians. Don't do it. For real. Oh, not in the black house. No, no, not in the black house. It ain't gonna bring on last. Yeah, don't do it. Mm-mm. I mean, no. but what if they Listen, your grandma ain't trying. Hey, your grandma not trying to hear that, boy. Don't. If you going to if you going to Nana's house, don't do it. Don't do it. I saw a meme. I saw a meme the other day. It was like it was Latino. Uh, Thanksgiving do's and don'ts, but one of them was like, if you bring a vegetarian, like your grandma, like your abuelo, just say, 
oh, it's all right. We got vegetarian food. This one has chicken in it. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be pork heavy. People don't even understand understand what that is. Now, if you're vegetarian and you come to someone Thanksgiving, you might as well just bring your own dish with you. Eat before, bro. No, you, you know what though? You know what though? Mexican That's disrespectful food, though. It, what? Mexican food is the closest you're going to get to vegetarian if you are going to somebody's house though because a lot of their food is like beans, rice, uh, tortillas, corn, like things that you can actually separate meat from and still make a good something out of it. Like if you come to my grandma's house, he's going to be out of luck. It's gonna be chicken, <laughs> pork juice, every it, it, even the pork even juice? even yes. everything is cooked in something that was an animal fat. Like you know what I mean? Like there's an animal that touched it in some way. The greens got ham in it. Like you ain't gonna be able to get away from animal. Like the closest you might get is the mac and cheese, but like depending on if, if it's dairy cheese, you're still out of luck. Like it's definitely dairy so, cheese. There's no such thing so, as vegan mac and cheese in any black Thanksgiving household in America. <laughs> like, so you, you, you just screwed. Trey, what's the worst, the absolute worst Thanksgiving dish you've ever had in front of you? Whether it was at your I'm, house I'm or gonna, someone else. I'm not going to run this not, back. Not black tray. Not black tray. Other tray. I'm just Ooh, saying. Right? The worst? The worst. Okay. Um, it was definitely at a white Thanksgiving. <laughs> It was one of, you know what it was? It was one of those like, like jello food combination type things. Ugh. That's just like an abomination where like somebody jello mixed food. Yeah. Like, no, you know, you I mean, I saw it's, it's, it's Google those old like 50s household, like jello, uh, like Google savory jello recipes. And you'll see all these old ads <laughs> from the 50s. Oh, God. <laughs> For <laughs> like white people were literally putting like ham and shit in Jello and calling it a meal. And there's a, a, a faction of people who still make this shit and still like use versions of those recipes to make new age food. And it's just not a good look, man. It's Savory not a good look. Jello. Savory Jello recipes. That's terrible. Jer, what's yeah, the worst like thing? Jello molds. <laughs> Jer, what's the worst dish? you've ever had presented in front of you at Thanksgiving? I had vegan mac and cheese for Thanksgiving one year. Oh, wow. Where was this? Uh, we did like a combined family thing. And the, her brother's um, her my wife's <laughs> brother's like, no, her, my wife's brother's like girlfriend at the time. She was white. And she made vegan mac and cheese. And it wasn't Bad. It's just like I don't. Really, I don't want that for Thanksgiving. Like I need. Did like how my mom you? makes it. The break. Yeah, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. It just was what it was. Like I didn't really have a, a say or a choice in it. In, in the manner, I, you know what I mean. So and it, it wasn't the worst dish you could ever have in life. But you know, on Thanksgiving, you want the this. You know, however many cheeses that are put in the baked yeah. one. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, my, my mom. You want some cheese? Drums, and you I want like some stuff that's gonna mess up your stomach? <laughs> yeah, like I want. I got. I I need the bathroom afterwards. Right. <laughs> um, I don't want to feel like I, I can run a marathon after I eat. <laughs> nah, Thanksgiving's not a Thanksgiving's not about like eating and feeling good afterwards. Thanksgiving's about having your meal and then you know just figuring out how and figuring out how you're gonna get this good sleep afterwards. You're definitely gonna be parked after you eat. 
my 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 park days yeah. are over though. I don't go to sleep after I eat. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what do you, you know, do? How are you going to handle Thanksgiving? So being a vegetarian, it's always been sides giving. And <laughs> sides giving, bro. <laughs> it's not bad though. That's sides not bad, giving. Though. Nah, because you still can get the yams. You still can get. The, you still can get the mac and cheese. Yeah, you gotta you still get can, the yams. But but the most annoying part is going to other people. That's the worst thing about pulling up at somebody else's crib. Is asking a million questions of what's in it. And you know, black people get like offended, <laughs> bro. Like if you're asking mad questions. Oh yeah. Like, you can't be like, yo, is this made with a little bit? Because, you know, black people always got a hidden ingredient. Like, oh, man, my, my great-great-grandma told me to pour pork and bean juice on this or something. And I got to be that guy to fuck up the whole motion and be like, yo, is there any <laughs> is there any meat in this? And they're like, actually, it is ham hock in the greens. And you like, bruh. <laughs> All right. Well, what about the mac and cheese? Well, what we do, especially in our family, we cook it in pork. Um, okay, well, uh, what about you? But that's what it is, bro. You got to ask them type of shits because you never know, bro. It'd be so many secret ingredients and twists and turns. You can eat the biscuit, though, right? What? You don't know. Roll, whatever the roll is. Yeah, I'm sure. But, like, you know, my, my Man, whole thing bro. is uh, I really <laughs> – but this the guy says giving the rolls. Yeah, see, I'm at I'm at the point now where I just go get the 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 uh, the, the feed the food for two pick up at Whole Foods, bro. The vegan meal, to call it a day. Tofurky, tofurky. Yeah. today. you gonna you gonna reach for a roll? They be like, oh no, those are bacon fat rolls. <laughs> bacon fat. Oh wow, those are the ones uh, where they put a little bacon fat in the in the batter for those rolls. What 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 other do's and don'ts do we have here? I'm thinking mostly for our white listeners who are more might be invited to a black Thanksgiving event. What are they, what are they um, allowed to slash not allowed to do? Don't, don't bring, bring up your Republican pie. parents. Oh, yeah, Lord. Don't, please don't talk about politics, bro. Oh no. That's probably, that's, that goes for any race, bro. No, that but, is, was but, killed. But, Nobody want to talk about politics, bro. But white people do have a, a, a notion of showing up to black events and then trying to prove how down they are. Yeah, by, right. by illustrating how not down. Don't, don't be the obsessive down. dapper. Just do the fist bump and keep it oh, moving yeah. so it can be awkward, bro. Oh, man. We, we, uh, Big Trey, we had a whole episode about teaching people how to dap because apparently <laughs> some of these people some of these people out here are confused. They think they think we're, we're doing warm-ups before, before an NBA game. We got to do 800 signs and, <laughs> and grab each other's elbows and stuff like that. Um, it I'm is an art form. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else what else is there because uh, there was one oh do not bring a dish unless you have cleared it with the host oh yeah, yeah for sure yeah because that auntie beef is already real the auntie's yeah. already trying to see what's good who who made that no 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 you try my mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah. I, I the made... worst thing you could do is the worst thing you could do is bring a dish that's better than the dish that's already there Mm. If you brought the same dish, like it's that's like having a threesome and having sex with the girl that you brought in, like you can't, <laughs> you can't do it, can't do it, uh-uh. can't show too much attention. <laughs> can't do it, young ladies, young ladies, not to be sexist, but please make your man plate or your or them aunties is gonna be on your ass. Oh, you gotta make your man. Plate. Gotta make your man plate. Just, you even gotta if, make your man. Even plate. if it's just that one time thing, just act like you do it. 
just do it because <laughs> hey, they're going to have that conversation where they're going to be like, can I talk to you, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> Charles, uh-uh. I don't know why. The girl ain't even break, making your plate. See? And if your mom step in to make the plate for you, it's over. Oh, that's the problem. But I mean, that's only if she's a keeper, though, right? Like, if... Right? I, I, I gotta she, go she's back. She's definitely not no keeper if she's not it's, making the plate. Yeah, but it's, pl- it's plenty... It's plenty... It's plenty... Uh, it's plenty signs, though. You better help and wash them dishes. Bro... There's so many signs out here. Go talk to my sister or my cousin or auntie, whoever it may be, bro. Go mingle a little bit. Don't be just holding on my pocket all all day. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like. Yeah, don't 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 do that. <laughs> don't ha- don't don't stay stuck to the person who brought you to the event. That's whack. You gotta go. You gotta be. If you're not a social person, just don't show up. <laughs> because yeah, people are gonna hey, be. Just, just <laughs> pretend you got food poisoning or something, bro. Yeah, oh yeah, we're going down. <laughs> wow, food, food, food. You know what? <laughs> Catherine wasn't feeling well today. You know, she couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. oh, should, she'll get a plate out of that, though, because Grandma going to make sure you bring a plate back. That's true. For real. That's true. With, with some tinfoil on it. Take it to go. <laughs> um, would... Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think. When's the last uh, Trey? When's the last time you went to a Hawaii Thanksgiving? Was it the Was it the infamous? We never even got to Trey's worst Black Trey's worst worst. Uh, we don't have to run it back. <laughs> that was Iowa, but um, I, I feel I feel uh-huh. like I feel like just that's the that's people. the Fritos, yeah, yeah the cornflakes over the mashed potatoes with the cheddar. Oh yeah, that that that's a sick Thanksgiving. Yeah, bro, it was it was it was some it was some rough ones, but not nah, um. Man, I didn't. I didn't have my fair share of bad ones, bro. What was, just, what was the, the last? The last white Thanksgiving you went to? Oh, last year. Last oh, year, my co- my coworker, bro. Like he ain't, he don't work with us no more. But that's the homie. Shout outs to you. Um, yeah, he just was trying it. You know, he's making he's getting making the concoctions and 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 you know you know hey I, I decided to do this and add this to it and it was just it just wasn't it wasn't it. It was not it. It was like a certain different type of noodle for the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it was, you know, the cheddar was a little strange. You know, uh, you know, they we didn't have Beyond Meat or Impossible Patties and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So we ain't had none of that shit. Like nobody ain't tried, you know, black bean patties for the boy. Um, yeah, it was just interesting. I normally keep it smooth, bro. Like. You got macaroni and cheese. You got yams. I'm good with that, bro. And some veggie and some veggies. And then I'll just, you know, post up and get lit. But you know, once you start getting all tricky, like Waz, he's posting his. He got seafood. And, you know, me, black people get creative, bro. On theirs, bro. They, you know, they turn because ideally you think black people are gonna have turkey and stuff like that. Nah, niggas be having pizza. <laughs> niggas Yo, be having wild as shit. My sister yesterday and, was like, yo, why don't, why don't we just have chicken from Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, it's Thanksgiving. Let's do something different. Like, ah, she's good. She's like, let's just get two rotisserie chickens and call it a day. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jerv, when's the last time you went to a Hawaii Thanksgiving? Brother bringing his girlfriend over? I've no, no, I'm talking about like a, predominant, a predominantly white one. You've never been to one? I've never been to one, nah, never. Mm. I mean, I've, I, they've been pretty white when I was at work. Nah, but I don't. People bring the dishes. The dishes in here, but I've actually never been to one. 
Big Trey. I mean, yeah. Big Trey. Last time you went to a Hawaii Thanksgiving. Oh man, I went to one last year. Oh shit! How was it? Um, it was actually really good. Um, my friend, uh, his fiance is white, and uh, she's British, and so um, we they invited me over last year, and uh, her family was there and everything. And she's like an amazing cook. So it was actually all really fucking good. <laughs> it was not at all like uh, the jello the meat story. experience. <laughs> the jello meat. That's the, hey, Rob, that's the name of the episode right there jello meat. Jello uh, <laughs> meat is crazy. Yeah, that's how you. That is up there with that video that's on YouTube where the rapper was like, suck me till I'm gummy. (laughs) (laughs) Jello bro. I thought you were going with the other video, uh, Trey. Which one? My man with the shirt off talking about, he wanted, (laughs) my man talking about uh, the the, the white dude with his shirt off singing singing at the top of his lungs, how he loved his girl ass, (laughs) how he wanted to suck on her ass. You don't see, you ain't see that video we posted no. in the chat. I probably missed it, bro. Oh, it was so my, much shit went through that, man. Might have to I kick it the next week. Busy, bro. Busy Trey. I, I, I always like Trey is a funny name, by the way. I, I like to imagine Trey like previewing all these awful videos that we send them, like in class. So <laughs> his students are right there. <laughs> pop my AirPods on and listen to this filthy ass shit right here. The ankle today, bro, trying to turn off a. Uh, one of the songs that had profanity. I call trying to trying to bump in a class, bro. We over here dancing, everybody having a good time. Bro, I heard it kinda. I'm like, did he say, did he say fuck? I'm like, nah. Wait, wait, wait. And my, and my assistant texts me like, bro, he said fuck. I said, oh. I sprang, I sprang across the room, bro. Hit the hit the mute. It was over. I threw the Christmas jingles on for the rest of the day. <laughs> he got scared. He scared like, what, is, what does that even mean, though? What? What? What does that even mean? I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out what. Like, what is that supposed to mean? What the Christmas? The Christmas jingles? No, the lyric in the song. Oh, the F word. It was fuck. Like it was just like. Do you remember what the the exact lyric was? Oh, it was like it was um. It was Zane, Zane, Mike, Milk, the Pillow Talk song, <laughs> but he was singing some like one little part, and the kids really liked that song because they listened to it probably with their parents. But I didn't know that he was like, "Is it time to fucking something?" And, it, and it was like, "What? Nah, this nigga didn't say that." <laughs> like, and, and you know, it's supposed to be Pandora, so Pandora normally be kind of clean sometimes, bro. I know there's an option. There's an option where it says, "Edit." They paid right? me, bro. <laughs> uh, it's great. You just reminded me of that episode of Rick and Morty this year where he listened to A Boogie with a hoodie. Oh, man. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because <laughs> they're just, they're just <laughs> casually <laughs> playing that shit while you're drinking a beer and shit. Oh my God. Are you f***ing kidding me?
that, that always trips me out. Whenever shows do that, they use a song that I just wouldn't imagine anyone who makes a show to know hey, that song. It's so random as fuck. That's why I clip it of me and post it. I wanted to, I wanted to hit uh, Dan up so bad. Like, listen, bro, I don't know who told you to listen to, to throw this song out of all the songs in, but that shit was hilarious, dog. He just chilling in the, he's just chilling in the lab, bro, slapping a boogie, drinking some beers. That's the oh, hardest man. shit ever, bro. Big Trey, before we get you out of here. Uh, Anything to promote where you, you mentioned you got a couple of shows, 2020, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, watch Showtime on HBO next fall. I think it'll probably air. Um, and um, watch uh, the untitled Tracy Oliver show that I'm writing right now on Amazon at some point next year when it has a title and you'll probably see billboards and get for it. Um other than that, everything else is still kind of being worked out and can't be announced yet, but uh, those are the two things on the horizon. Uh, is there any truth that uh, Black Trey has been cast to play Michael Cooper? <laughs> oh, that's because they're black! Because oh, they're black as shit! Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Trey, Real talk, let me go get... Let, it was let me, so let me hard. Get my, you said what? <laughs> it was so hard to cast those roles that I'm surprised you didn't come in for an audition. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It is so so hard. It was it was so hard to cast across the intersection of has the ability to act and also looks like this basketball player from the eighties is <laughs> a hard needle to thread. And but and and all any, any any hooping ability also as a prereq or no? Not not really because I mean some basic stuff yeah but they like Rick Fox was one of the basketball like coaches for the for the actors and. Um, a lot of it is going to be shot in a way where they'll probably use doubles for a lot of the like real action and shit. But all the height will be cheated, and so nobody has to be the actual height of the person. Um, so it's all TV magic bullshit. Yeah, gotcha. That would have been sick though. I just don't have my SAG card yet, bro. I definitely <laughs> keep me in mind, bro. If you need me to do some shit, I definitely pull up. You know, and the bl- black ass stunt doubles, like we. My nigga, I'll be a crackhead. <laughs> 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 there was a lot of drug stuff in the show, so hey, let's go. <laughs> I can't wait to see this shit. <laughs> oh, man, well, man, that uh, Trayvon Free. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for educating us as always. Uh, thank you, Thanks for having me, Rob. Man. Oh no, hey, man! It's, it's it's always our pleasure. Like I said, anytime we get people with credentials to come in here and make sense of the world for us, we're always. I know our listeners are grateful for it, and we're grateful for it too. Thank you to Black Trey, John Gervais, Rob Lopez producing. By the way, uh, quick update for everybody. I know a lot of people have been asking about Star Wars content. We have some Star Wars content coming very soon. Uh, Mandalorian. Rise of Skywalker stuff. We're looking forward to Clone Wars. Everything. Everything in a nice little neat package. You guys are going to really enjoy. Especially if you're a Star Wars head. Uh, There's going to be a lot of Easter eggs and stuff like that. So, be on the lookout for that coming soon. As always, please subscribe, like, and review. Not only our podcast, but also the other podcast. Friday Mailbag, Cinephobe, which has its own feed right now. Me, Zach Harper, I believe the latest episode we reviewed was Horrible Bosses 2. 
that's going to be dropping sometime this week. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, be black. And if you're white, don't. <laughs> if you're white, don't. That's don't, don't, don't. Don't stay black. <laughs>